Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another day, and we've got an important matchup to discuss as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 438. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with my friend Greg Cosell about what the tape showed us from the Eagles' loss against the New Orleans Saints this past Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. It's their second straight loss. The Eagles now in a must-win situation going into Sunday against the New York Giants. Now, the Giants, they have locked in the number six succeed as we sit here on Monday night not exactly sure who the Giants are going to play in this football game is Daniel Jones going to sit is Saquon Barkley going to sit we can go right down the depth chart but we know the Eagles want to win this game in a bad bad way and so you can expect to see anyone who can play anyone who is cleared that includes quarterback Jalen Hurts if he's cleared to play he's going to play in this game on Sunday afternoon so we're going to get into what it means on both sides of the matchup and what it means for both of these teams going into the postseason as well in Chalk Talk before we get there a couple things I want to make sure we hit on. Number one, as always, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher. Leave us a question. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. If you've got a question about this team going into the playoffs, that is the place to leave it. We will answer it here in an upcoming episode. And always, it's the best way to throw us your support as we get into the meat of this Eagle season. We are hitting the finish line of the regular season going into the playoffs. That is the best way to throw us your support. That said, let's get into this week's chat. It's time now for Chalk Talk with Greg Cosell. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, let's get things rolling here with Greg Cosell as we welcome him in to, uh, to start things off for Chalk Talk. And Greg, um, not a not an easy watch here for for the Eagles in this game on the, on the offensive side of the football. I, I think if you look at it for basically every metric, uh, the worst offensive performance by this team in the last two years under this coaching staff, um, it was just not a good game uh, on that side of the football. Yeah, and I guess we didn't think we'd be in this situation uh, going into the final week of the season, uh, going back a couple of weeks. But no, uh, not a great performance. Um, you know, it's always interesting when a team has a poor performance, whether you take that performance and you start to think of it in terms of significant problems that could keep cropping up, or was this just a bad performance and you move on and they were not without their starting quarterback? Yep. And you kind of not that you burn the tape you always look at the tape and you always try to find things to correct that's what coaches do and that's what coaches should do but I I think there's there's different ways that coaches can look at a bad performance and that's the thing is that if if this were Jalen Hurts in a quarterback and the Eagles looked like this it's a much different feel and conversation than what we're sitting at uh right now because obviously look the 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 hope and the expectation is is that Jalen Hurts is going to be in the back of the lineup as soon as this week for this football team and so uh we can look at this in a vacuum and say yeah Gardner Minshew did not play well. Uh, the um, you know the timing and anticipation were off. The communication, uh, the pocket presence and decision making, the, the accuracy, all of those things. Just, it was just not a good game from Gardner Minshew. We've he he has set that standard over the course of his career that you would expect better than what he put on film on Sunday. And so you look at that. Is it as easy to say, hey, if Jalen Hurts is in this game, the Eagles win by two scores? Like I, I don't know if it's that easy. No but, one can say that. Yeah, but, exactly. But but, but clearly, Minshew, you know, it's funny. We spoke last week. Uh, even in, in when Minshew had a good game against the Cowboys and and the offense put up three touchdowns yep. and two field goals, um, which you know in most cases should be enough to win a game. Um, 
You know, we did mention that there's an occasional issue with, with uh, Gardner Minshew, which has existed throughout his career, of breaking down in the pocket too soon. Yep. Of, uh, therefore, then missing some throws, being a beat late. And unfortunately, all those things kind of cropped up at one time in this game. Yeah. You know, and then you have the other issue, which again will exist this week as well, um, and hopefully not in the playoffs, but it will exist this week, is right tackle, where, you know, Driscoll did have some issues in, in one on one pass protection. And that to me is going to be one of the most interesting things this given week. Now, much of that could depend on who the Giants put out on the field, and we're not going to know that. Yep. But assuming, let's say, they do put out their regulars on defense. How will the Eagles handle that? How will the Eagles handle Driscoll, who they really let block one-on-one a good part of this game until really in the second half when they start to help him with some chips and things like that? You can do that with formation as well. Um, But that's, you know, hey, you and I both know that Lane Johnson is arguably one of the three best offensive linemen, not just offensive tackles, three best offensive linemen in the league. Yep. And that's the thing is that you and I can sing his praises and say this, he is a great player, Lane Johnson. Uh, we can't say that and then come back and say, oh, well, the Eagles will be fine without that law. That is, that is a, no, big that's loss a big loss for, for this offense. Exactly. And, 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 and depending on your opponent and depending on how the coaching staff wants to deal with it, yep. that can change your offense. Yep. Now, that can change your offense even when Jalen Hurts. Yep. Now, Jalen Hurts can camouflage that certainly much better than – uh, Gardner Minshew can. He can compensate for a potential weakness. It always reminds me of a story that Ron Jaworski told me about, you know, when Dick Vermeil was the coach. And Dick Vermeil would speak to Jaws separately on a Saturday night with no one else, just the two of them. And he would say to him, hey, and I'm just using this as an example. Hey, yeah. Stan Walters is going to have a little trouble with, with the pass rush today one-on-one. You need to be aware of that. Mm. You know, He's not going to tell Stan Walters that, and he's not going to tell everybody else on the offense right. that, but he's going to tell the quarterback that. And, you know, and that's the kind of thing that you might say to Jalen, hey, we're going to run some routes here and some route combinations where we're going to send five out. Yep. And you just have to be aware that there could be some pressure from your front side. Yeah. And, you know, Jalen obviously can, can handle that with movement, with just his feel for the position as it's grown. He can handle that much better than Gardner Minshew at this point. Uh, and I think that's fair. Uh, and I think that, that when you look at it, you know, Cam Jordan, I think, ended with three sacks. You could make the argument that Cam Jordan probably uh, might not have any sacks uh, if, if Hurts is in the game. That was, again, impossible for us to no, know. No, uh, as I, we but it here. could well be true. You exactly. don't know the answer to that. No, it's a, but that's right. one of those things when trying to think about this and talk about this game and what it means for the Eagles moving forward, it's that kind of conversation where there's just so much unknown and you're expecting to see the Eagles offense that and, we and saw by the way, majority of the season. And by the way, on the first play of the game, are they blitzing Ellis off the front side if it's Jalen Hurts? Hurts? We right. don't know that. Yep. You know, but defense defense plays totally differently versus Gardner Minshew. And this is no knock on Minshew, but stylistically, he's a pocket quarterback. Right. And he's not physically imposing. Yeah. Hertz is physically imposing, and he has the second reaction movement element to his game, which is a pretty important part of his game. No, that's a, that's a good point as well. Uh, and I, th- I think when you look at it, um, that's kind of the, the crux of the conversation. I, I know there's been talk about uh, the run-pass ratio. And the, look, when you run 17 plays in the first half, like you only, yeah, the fact that there were only two runs makes sense uh, in right, my mind. Right. Because, and there were a couple RPOs in there as well that could have been runs as well. Um, but when you look at that and say, yeah, like uh, they could not get into any kind of rhythm. They didn't get their first first down until, uh, you know, under a minute left in the first half. It's tough to be able to try and get a right. run game going when you don't That's have all, that ability to sustain drives. And look, you know, the thing is, is coaches work, as you know, you're in the building. I work at NFL Films. I know a lot of coaches. I've been doing this a long time. You and I both know coaches work 16, 17 hours a day. Nothing they do is on a whim. Okay, is everything going to work out exactly right? Of course not. Because you know what? 
the opponents, their coaches are working 16, 17 hours a day as well. Yep. So it's easy after the fact to say this is what a team should have done. And you and I both know that coaches in their meetings will say, hey, we didn't handle this well. We know that. You know, it's still human beings trying to put together a plan, no and sometimes it doesn't work out. But just that immediate, oh, the coaching staff, I put this on on Nick Sirianni, I put this on Shane Stite, you know. I struggle with just making those Agreed. blanket statements yep. because, you know what, I'm not in the meetings. Yep. You know, I don't know how all this is put together. You and I are seeing the results on tape, and yet we form our opinions. But I've just learned, and, and I know you feel the same way, from knowing coaches, having coaches who are friends, who have been, you know, I've done Zoom meetings with coaches for two and a half hours where they explain things to me. You know, I do that in the off season. I've been really fortunate to be able to do that. So much goes into that that you have no idea about unless you're in the meetings and in the room. Yeah, and I think that's what, uh, you know, makes, again, kind of responding and analyzing these kind of games uh, difficult at times because Without they, question. Know, they, they don't have, uh, you don't always have the, the context uh, that is required uh, for those discussions. Um, that said, let's go over to the defensive side. Sure. Uh, because uh, it was a rough start early on yep. in, that, in that opening drive is a lot of the things that you and I talked about last week and uh, all the different uh, the, the multiplicity in terms of their personnel groupings and what they're going to try and throw at you. Uh, you saw a lot of Taysom Hill on that drive. And anytime Taysom Hill was on the field, the Eagles responded with base defense. They said, right. you know what? Hey, you know what? We are expecting some right. kind of run element here. <coughs> Correct. Uh, Hill ended up throwing two passes, I believe, and completed both uh, in the game. But I think when you look at um, you know the way the Eagles' plan of attack was going in uh, – Clearly did not execute well enough on third down. They had three, uh, four third or fourth down conversions on that opening drive. That kept it going. It ended up being a 15 or 16 play drive, and the, and the Saints scored a touchdown. After that, the Saints didn't reach the end zone the rest of the game. And, and so you they, know, they made the necessary and adjustments. And I'm not saying there. that you want them to score a touchdown, but you made a really interesting point that the Saints didn't reach the end zone again. You know what? They went 15 plays, 75 yards. Yep. The longest play was the first play to Olave for 16 yards. After yep. that, there was not a 10-yard play on the drive. Right. So, again, I'm not going to sit here and say outstanding defense. Yes. But that's hard to do and give the Saints credit. They did it. The Eagles, I don't want to say they got stuck, but they played in their base defense a lot on that opening drive because of what the Saints put out there. And my guess is they're probably not as comfortable in their base defense as they are in their in their either 5-1 nickel or 4-2 nickel, yep. as most teams are not because yep. they don't play in their base defense that much. So like I said, while you're not saying, okay, that's great, they went down and scored, you know, those things rarely happen in the NFL, those kinds of drives, 15 plays, 75 yards, and after that, they didn't allow a touchdown. Yeah, and also what we saw too was just something kind of additional in this game from this defense was on that opening drive, we saw it a handful of times where the Eagles, not only were they in their base defense, but they had six guys up on the line of scrimmage, not five. Yes, White was there a lot. They put Kaiser down up on the line of scrimmage as an overhang defender with four guys inside of him and uh, Hassan Reddick at times. So uh, what that did was if you were the Saints and you come out, whether it was a 6-0 line set or if it's 12 personnel and you have two tight ends lined up on the same side, you've got now a very large surface that you've got to cover and we know that the Saints they love to run those gap schemes those power runs those counter runs well now those double teams become harder to achieve when you've got six right. guys down in the line right. of scrimmage and so the Eagles were able to kind of try and steal some of those gaps back now by playing base defense to those looks when hey when the, when the Saints come out and say all right well we're going to line up and we're going to play heavy 
That's the, that worked out well. What we saw from the Saints, though, is that there were times where then they, they came out in those heavy personnel groupings, spread the defense Correct. out, and then they were able to find some chunk plays there. And that's, that, again, that's what you were saying. That's, that's good coaching. That's right? good coaching, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good, that's, and that's how they were able to right, create, create right. some of those chunks in the past game. And they still didn't create a lot of chunks. I mean, obviously. They, yes, it wasn't yeah, a, a huge throw. That was their goal in this game. Right. Right. And and the Saints know what they are. They know they're not a big chunk passing team. Yep. They take a shot here and there, and they were fortunate to hit one where uh, Shahid ran by Bradbury, yep. and Shahid is, is very fast, and Bradbury got burned, and that happens. Yep. Well, I think that at the end of the day, um, the the defensive performance was really strong uh, in this game. You know, rebounding after that for, after that opening drive, uh, coming back, and we saw them get get off the field consistently on third down in the second half. I believe they had one third down conversion, if memory serves, uh, in the second half. Um, this was a, a defense that, that bounced back. Uh, it did a lot of different things on third down. We saw some uh, double coverage concepts on Chris Olave. They did some things that seemed like on a, on Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield. Uh, we saw some zone pressures. We saw some stunts. So again, mixing things up on third down to get off the field and it's funny uh to me like looking back even on our notes from the the last time the eagles played the giants that was a that was uh, to me like that was a defensive clinic on how to play third down defense right all the the variety there on third down in that game and i think that showed up especially in the second half yeah and one of the key things with their third down defense is the little bit of disguise and late movement on late rotation they do because this d line is so good at getting to the quarterback that if you can just make the quarterback hold the ball for just a beat longer, and and you know the term I always use in this league, fractions matter. Yep. You you have the quarterback just uh, just uncertain for a millisecond as to what he's seeing. That pass rush, just with four down linemen, that gets home. And to me, there were so many examples. The Eagles had seven sacks in this game. On a handful, there were really good examples of the coverage being yep. married with the rush. And yep. Some of them were in man coverage. Some of them were in zone. I, th- I think it was four sacks. The Eagles ha- were playing a really well-executed, some kind of version of cover four behind it. And there were some where you see the safeties exchange routes really, really well, Epps and Blankenship. There were some where there was the, the high-low was passed off between TJ Edwards and, uh, and Blankenship extremely well. right? And so you have all of those examples where, Andy Dalton was forced to hold on to that ball just a tick longer, and that allowed Brandon Graham or Hassan Reddick or Hargrave to be able to get home for those sacks. And again, that kind of speaks to yeah, uh, well, you know, the coverage and the rush working well together. One of the things, and, and I heard someone say this, and it, it, I, I really liked the term, is when you play zone, and, and it's particularly, I think, true in cover four, but it is true in cover three as well, is you're ultimately having to share routes. Yep. At some point, you share routes. There's a lot of overlap. Because there's a lot of overlap. Yep. So the question is, where are the gray areas, and when does the overlap occur? And some teams struggle with where that is, and teams can get into those voids mm-hmm. and complete balls. Other teams do it really well, and it just doesn't present a clear picture for the quarterback to deliver the football. Yeah, I'm just kind of uh, glancing through my notes. There was uh, Brandon Graham's 10th sack, which, by the way, that made the Eagles the first team yeah. in NFL history to have four players with double-digit sacks. Uh, that was a, a double team on Olave, where you know Andy Dalton had nowhere uh, to go with the football. Hargrave's sack was two plays earlier than that. The Eagles were in cover four. Blanket ship and Epps played that perfectly. T.J. Edwards dropping in the zone, taking away the intermediate route, again, forcing Dalton to hold on to the football. Hassan Reddick, he had a sack uh, later in the game. T.J. Edwards and Blanket ship passing off that high-low that I talked about earlier. And again, it just showed up time and time and time again where um, the coverage matched up with the rush uh, and the the, uh, the quarterback just had nowhere to be able to go with the football and the, the defensive line able to get home. The Eagles now a team record 67 sacks here this season through 16 games. Um, it's uh, just outstanding. And I think it's still a case because I don't think there's been any sacks in recent weeks by anybody other than D-linemen. So that means that 64 
of those 67 have been by down linemen. That's it's crazy. Pretty, that's that to me is really really impressive. Yeah, uh, and the, this is the first team in NFL history too, Greg, to have uh, five straight weeks with six sacks. That's wow. That is wild. That is a wild <coughs> I, stat. First I team in I NFL did, history. I did not realize that. That's really impressive. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the way that this rush is playing right now, yeah. um, it's that to me, like, that is the, the strength of this team, yep. considering all of the unknowns and, and the injuries. And, and it'll like that be interesting now because, you know, I would assume Josh Schwett would not go this week. That would be my assumption. I mean, we haven't gotten any word right, yet. Right, right. But I would assume he wouldn't, you right. know, because when you're dealing with neck and, and, potentially spine you right. know again we don't have all the details yep. so we don't know uh, what the, what that kind of duration right right like. i yeah. mean it was just fortunate that he did not have to stay in the hospital overnight because yes. they wouldn't release him if there was any major spine issue yep. but we'll see but the point is um it'll be interesting to see if he does not go what their d-line rotation becomes no doubt so uh, here's what i'm kind of thinking because um because there's a lot of unknown as we sit here Monday night looking into Week 18 against the Giants. So uh, after the game yesterday, Brian Dable, the head coach of right. the Giants, was asked about uh, who he was going to play in Week 18. And he said, yeah, like, we're, we're going to play everybody. Uh, and then the next day on Monday, kind of walked that back a little bit and was like, well, we're going to talk it over. We're going to do what's best for us. You know, Well, because they're, they're locked into so the sixth seed. They're locked into the sixth So nothing can change for the Giants. Exactly. So they are in very much the situation that the Eagles were in last year, Week 18, going to take on the Dallas Cowboys, where the Eagles – Played nobody literally played. They elevated everyone they could from the practice squad. Uh, it was like a basically essentially a preseason game. It wasn't even like your backups. It was your like deep reserves uh, playing in that game against the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys, uh, they probably got so. Dak Prescott well, some bonus money in his contract. Yeah, in that I, game. I think so. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. Dak, Dak's agent was happier than anybody <laughs> yeah, else yeah. Uh, from that one. <laughs> uh, but I think when you look at uh, this situation, it's very very similar. Now right. we don't know how the Giants are going to handle this. Are they going to sit everybody? Are they going to do what the Eagles did in 2017, where their starters come in and play a series or two? and then they get everybody out. I think everything's on the table about what they could do in this game. So I think trying to break down exactly what could happen... In terms no, we're of, just speculating. Rock, yeah, so that, that makes it kind of tough, but... Um I do think that a couple things have stood out to me because the Eagles just played this team in week 14. So we know, hey, this And deep, kind of handled them. Oh, I mean, handled them on, on both, both sides, sides of the ball. ball on both yeah, sides yeah. of the ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was one of the Now, I think the Giants victories. are better now. Yes. I think they've found they got, a they little bit of a groove. And yep. Yes. Healthier on defense. So they get Xavier McKinney back. Uh, Landon Collins got his first start in New York yeah. for, uh, for well, a couple of years. He had been playing the last couple of weeks a lot of snaps. Right. But now the, the, right. he was inserted and, and has officially made the move to linebacker as well. He's no longer a, uh, right. uh, listed as a safety with that with that team. Um, so he's back there. Again, they're getting some of these other guys back. I think Odori Jackson is close to getting back. Right. Uh, he did not play this week again. But, uh, McKinney again, is McKinney, a big get that's back. Because he's return. a really good player. Yes. Um, so you get you get Xavier McKinney back again. No idea if he's going to be able to play right. uh, in this game, but I think regardless, you're still going to expect because that's the thing is that with all the injuries that they're Giants not going to rest every. I mean, could they rest Barkley? Sure. The question becomes Jones, the quarterback, who's sort of been. I mean, I think he's played well the last number of weeks. Yeah, I thought, the, I thought he looked pretty good this past week. And the week prior, you know, keep in mind the week prior. Uh, in that game against Minnesota, which they lost on on a kick at the uh, at the final gun, yeah, that was a close game all the way, and I thought that said a lot about Dable's increasing confidence in Jones because it was the first time this year in a close game that he let Jones throw mm. because Jones had forty five or forty six dropbacks in that game two weeks ago against Minnesota in a game he didn't have to do that yeah. they were never I don't believe they were ever losing by more than one score in that game or maybe it was two scores but it wasn't late right. So that that game to me, watching that tape, said, "Wow, Dable's you know he's calling a lot of pass plays. They're letting him throw the football." 
So Jones has played better over the last number of weeks. So there are reports, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Ian Rappaport from NFL Network had put it out there, and I'm not exactly sure, so I don't want to get the, uh, the accreditation wrong. Um, but uh, basically that the Giants were talking about signing multi-year extensions with both Daniel Jones and with Saquon Barkley, which that was a big question coming into the year, what that core was going to look like. Do you feel like that is well, uh, pertinent considering what you've seen from them on film? With Barkley, you get into the whole debate about running, running backs. Running back, no doubt, okay. sure. Jones, they'll resign because – he clearly has improved as the year has gone on. Dable's offense has a lot of elements to it. Quarterbacks don't fall out of the sky. Yep. You know, it's easy to say if you're a Giants fan, oh, we need a better quarterback because Jones is not going to be in the top three or four. Even if he plays to his best, I think he can be a quality NFL starter, and I think he's kind of moved in that direction this year. Yep. We know he's not going to be in the mahomes Burrow allen discussion, maybe Jalen Hurts discussion. He's probably not going to be in that discussion. Right. But... You can line up and play with Daniel Jones. Sure. And like I said, that offense, don't forget, he had to start from scratch too. If people forget that. When you start with a brand new offense, there's an entire new language you have to learn. Yep. Okay, and it starts there. You just have to be able to get the plays out in the huddle in a brand new language before you worry about all the offensive concepts, how the offensive concepts then relate to the defensive fronts and coverages. Mm. Because don't forget, you have to be able to understand in relation to what you're doing all the front structures and mechanics, all the coverage structures and mechanics. There's so much you have to learn, and you're trying to learn a new offense. So there's a lot going on here. Brian Dable is not going to want to start from scratch. Right, and that's what you'd have to do uh, if you were right. on from Daniel Jones, unless you were going to say, we're going to give the keys to, to Tyrod Taylor, who does have experience in the offense, but I mean, he's been the backup all season long. Yeah. And uh, Daniel <coughs> Jones, uh, I agree, has, has shown improvement in a lot of key areas I would agree. so far this year. Um, and, and so it would not shock me at all uh, if they did bring him back uh, for for an extension here with this yeah and, and 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 also I think and I don't know whose agents are but I think everybody would realize that Daniel Jones is not going to get you know Deshaun Watson right money. you know you could probably sign him for a three-year deal at a, at a good number but not a ridiculous number right yeah he's not breaking what Kyler Murray got or no like that. Exactly. no the big question becomes Barkley just as we're kind of shooting the breeze here and the value of a running back you know Barkley I would imagine the agents are going to say he should be the highest paid running back in the league. Mm. And now you have a big question as an organization, is that what you want to do? Right, especially at this stage of where they're at from a team building standpoint. Correct, correct. Um, real quick, regardless <coughs> of who plays quarterback, right. if it is Jones or Taylor, we know that the QB run element is going to be a factor Without right, question. in this game. So if the Eagles, no matter who is back there, you've got to be ready for the runs by design, the runs the, the I mean, I thought a great runs, example of that was consecutive plays, I think it was late in the third quarter, yep. where the first play they handed it to Barkley, Okay, because the um, uh, the defensive end to that side, to the zone read side, we ran right at Jones. Mm. So he handed it to Barkley for 12 yards. The very next play was another zone read. And this time the defensive end crashed. I think it was the other side. Yep. But he crashed, and Jones immediately ran, and he ran for 25 yards. Yeah. I'm sure you remember those two plays. No, no, no question. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, and Jones, I mean, he had a, a bunch of huge runs uh, in oh. this game. There was some, again, by design, uh, like that one. Others where they, where he scrambled and made plays outside of structure and was able to pick up key first downs. Uh, I can remember at least two or three where he scrambled down the left sideline yep. and, and was able to create something out of you nothing. Know, and, and the other thing, just watching the tape, and, you know, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Jones, the same thing will apply. But I think that... And it probably applies more with Jones because he's the quarterback and you're really tailoring a lot of what you do to him. He's your starter. Yeah. I think they do a really good job with their route concepts and combinations, attacking zone coverage, and with concepts that can also work against man so that 
the reads are quickly defined and he can get the ball out with timing and rhythm. You know, they don't throw a lot of balls deep down the field. And I'm not talking about vertical shots. I'm just even talking about 18 to 22 yard throws. They don't throw a lot of those. They want him getting back and getting rid of the football. And I think they do a really nice job with their route concepts and combinations, presenting those reads and throws so he can do that. And I think a lot of that is paired with what they do for him pre-snap as well. So many of the plays that we've seen that have gone for touchdowns for like Isaiah Hodgins, who's had like uh, what now? He's He's become their their number one receiver. Yeah, he's had, uh, I've got the numbers here. He's got four four touchdowns in the last five weeks. Um, You know, you look at Richie James, he's had four touchdowns in the last few weeks, right? So uh, they're, they're obviously not dealing with a full deck, right? now from a pass catching option standpoint but uh finding different ways to say okay you know what we're gonna put Hodges in the slot and then we're gonna take Daniel Bellinger or Saquon Barkley we're gonna move him out wide what does the defense do all right does that give a a man or zone indicator okay Daniel Jones now you know what your zone answer is what your man answer is so that the ball can get out fast and that's the whole idea and I love their play my favorite play that they ran this week was when Bellinger was the I formation fullback and he worked through the line of scrimmage yeah right remember that play inside the formation yeah Yeah, sure that's you know those are the kinds of things you're trying to do so you give your quarterback a defined read. He yeah. knows where he's going with the football. Yeah, until you're able to beef up those weapons around him. Right. Honestly, it's it's very similar to where, where the Saints are right now as well, and it's for different reasons, right? right. But uh, the Saints have to play a certain way in order to cre- kind of create offense, right? right? And so the, the, the way that they do it is different in ways than what the way the Giants are doing it, but you're trying to find ways to matriculate the football down the field. You're not going to be a big play offense in its current construction, so how can you better find yeah, and, ways to be able to move the football? Somehow it's become a negative and I, I don't view it as such it, to say that oh those are scheme throws well isn't that the job of the coaching staff you know who throws a lot of scheme throws like Patrick Mahomes oh, <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> it, know, Aaron Rodgers has thrown a lot of uh, scheme throws right I, I, to me you know look obviously we know that that you know Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen okay right. we know that that yep. there's no point in having a conversation like that so you look at Daniel Jones and you say, okay, and not only do you look at Daniel Jones, but you look at your O-line, okay? Evan Neal's a rookie, and he's had he's some struggled. struggles. He'll yep. probably be a good player, but he's had some struggles. The interior of their O-line has been a little bit of a revolving door this year. Yep. We know, as you mentioned, the receiving core is not the one they wanted to start the season with, yep. okay? So now what do you have to do? You've got to scheme throws. Yeah. That's what coaches should be doing. Yeah. That's, that's not saying – that's not – a negative. Right. And that's the, that, that's the thing is that they are, again, just finding ways to be able to move the football and put points on the board. And that, that's the, at the end of the day, what you're trying to do, right, is uh, is put points on the board, put your team in position to be able to go and right. win some football games. And so um, despite the injuries, despite the inconsistencies in certain spots, they have found ways to do it. It feels like they've got an offensive line they feel good about. But again, don't know exactly who's going to play uh, in this game. And so let's go over to the other side of the ball. And I think the one thing that's funny, uh, defensively, look, they've, they've had a lot of injuries as well on that side of the football at all three levels of the field over the course of the season. No matter who's in there, though, we know the identity of this defense. Correct. They're going to play a lot of man. They're going to blitz a whole lot. And they're going to play a lot of uh, subs, yes. sub-package defense. Doesn't matter who. You, right. you could be in left <laughs> right. corner. You're, they're, right. they're playing right. man-to-man. Right, right, right. <laughs> Greg, you got AJ on this play. Right, right, right. Uh, they're they're, they're, they're going to play in a certain way. No, I, because at this point in the season... All you're doing is tweaking degrees. You're not changing philosophies right. or methodology. So all it comes down to is, gee, how much... Seven DBs are we going to play this week? Are we going to play eight snaps or 15 snaps? Are we going to blitz 40% of the time or 36% of the time? But you're not all of a sudden saying, we're not going to blitz at all. You know, you're not changing your whole approach. 
Yeah, uh, and so th- you would expect to see that uh, here in this game. Uh, we mentioned Xavier McKinney returned to the lineup, so he's starting at safety opposite Julian Love. Uh, our guy, the, the rookie third-round pick, uh, Cordell Flott, uh, getting more reps. He's getting a lot of reps. Yeah, he's starting to play plenty. And you know, uh, and the guy who's getting a lot of snaps is McLeod. Yeah. They must like what they see from him, you know, because he's getting a lot of snaps in different packages. So he was uh, with Joe Shane and with uh, Brian Dable in Buffalo right. last year. He was originally an undrafted free agent right. out of Notre Dame That's uh, right. with the Bills. And so they said they cut him after camp this year, Buffalo, and they scooped him right up yeah. uh, and inserted him in. And, and he's, uh, he's, he's played a lot over the last month or so. Yeah, I mean, they left him one-on-one with A.J. Brown multiple times. Didn't go well, but they left him right, one-on-one right. with A.J. Brown. They've got a lot of faith right, in him right. uh, to be able to hold up on the back end. And so he's he's playing a lot both inside and, and outside. outside. That's correct. Um, you talk about uh, Landon Collins inserting in, so he and Jalen Smith and Micah McFadden, uh, you know, they, they, that's kind of the rotation there. Right, so McFadden kind of plays in their in their sort of 4-2 nickel, and right. then Collins plays in... What the, they view as, like, their base, like heavy... Right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 uh, right. McFadden's on the field, that's their base defense. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you know, and then Collins will play in more... more did you uh, watch McFadden coming out of Indiana? I, I did not. I did I did not either. Yeah. Uh, he was, like, one of the top guys on the list that I, I did not same watch. Same with me, I just didn't get to him. Right, yeah. but... I kind of knew the uh, what the deal was with him, but I had not studied him yeah. overall. Um, but Dexter Lawrence playing at a really high level. Leonard Williams got banged up again in this game. We'll see. Uh, but again, with all these guys, we're not really sure. But at the end of the day, we know you're going to see plenty of blitz. Now, going back through my notes of this game, uh, Jalen Hurts handled the blitz extremely well. Yes, I mean, this was did. one of Jalen Hurts' best games this season he did. Uh, in this game back yeah. in week 14. Um, so that's, <clears throat> yep. uh, that would be something that if, if he goes, he'll be ready for the blitz. And uh, if the if the 14 holds serve, it'll, he'll handle well. The other well. thing, too, that stood out in that game, and I'm sure we spoke about it after but just it, it bears uh reiterating right now is uh empty sets they did quite a bit on their first two possessions yeah. in that game they had eight empty sets in the game and Hertz was really good out of uh empty in that game and he's actually been really good out of empty this season yeah uh, he was uh, at one point well i know it's not gonna be the case now but the eagles were number one in the nfl and in uh, yards per play out of empty 9.1 yards well, a- per play. A- yes after that game yes. okay um, Hertz was 39 for 50, 78%, nine yards per attempt, four touchdowns, no interceptions out yeah. of MP. That was after the Week 14 game. And that's not even counting all the QB draws out of the MP. Right, and right. Those are just the well. passing plays. That was just right. the passing right. plays. So I, right. when you factor that in as well, uh, those numbers were, were really, really impressive. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the, the offense was excellent on third down uh, in that game. The game plan was excellent. You remember that 41-yard <coughs> touchdown on the slot fade to Devontae Smith uh, where he had the pre-snap indicator that was man coverage. He confirmed it post snap he delivered it outside the numbers uh Devontae made a great catch so and also the run game uh, the run game was important run game is right because it was a big 12 personnel game one back two tight ends uh Sanders in that game I think he was 17 for 144 in the game but out of 12 personnel Fran he had 10 rushes for 104 yards the Giants were in base defense on all 10 of those runs which meant they were in their 5-2 front and they featured gap scheme concepts where they pulled where they pulled either a guard or a tackle. Yep. They uh, they ran for 61 yards in the first half of that game. They finished with 253. And so that was that game was the uh, the perfect like uh, example of hey we're going to throw to score and then we're right. going to get up early and then we're going to run. I to remember go win. the first four plays of the third quarter. You had a Sanders 22 yeah. yard run and a Hertz 24 yard run yep. as part of those first four plays. Yep, and it was uh, both I believe were counter read play. One yes. was counter read and one was QB yeah. counter read if I if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, the, the the gap scheme runs yep. were a big they were theme, big in that game, uh, very you know, big from that game. But yep. um, look, the, the Eagles need to need to win. 
win this game. There's a huge, huge difference in the number one seed and the five ah, seed going on the road. In the because playoffs. if they become the five seed, they're going to have to go back to Tampa again. Yeah, well, that'll be the will be the rematch from last year. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think ultimately uh, the Eagles are going to obviously do everything they can to win this game. Whoever again, whoever is going to be cleared medically to play, they're going to be they're, they're going to be play. here in this game. Um, and we'll see with the New York Giants again. We could it could be uh, it could be a whole. And lot by the way, Dable could decide to play people. Too. He could. Yeah. We don't know. Yep. He could play. And, and could because play it's not or, an injury thing, he does not have to report that to the league. Right. So it's oh, so no doubt. You may not know until Sunday at uh, is it one o'clock game? So no, it's a four twenty five. Four twenty five. So we may not know till four twenty five. Yeah. The, the NFL has the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers all playing at the same time Saturday or Sunday afternoon. They had um, to do that. Yes. Just because you want the competitive. Yeah. Yeah, you don't right. want either team to have an idea no. of whether or not they've right, got it or not. Really right. Um, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk through it uh, next week. So hopefully the Eagles are preparing for a bye week uh, here after a win that would against be, the New York that Giants. That would be a good thing for the Eagles. Yes. Yeah, it's a good thing, really, for any team at this time of year to have a bye week. Yeah, especially with, yeah. Uh, with the injuries on both sides yep. of the football. Being able to, uh, to have that extra week of rest would be huge from this team. Well, Greg, thanks so much for joining us here on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. And thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.